Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Jesse's out doing more interviews about his event taking place in Scottsdale for this weekend. So he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I have a special guest you won't want to miss it. Father Kirby, we played his videos many times from Our Lady of Grace Catholic Church in South Carolina. This man speaks very clearly about the faith. He's always quoting Bishop Strickland, so that tells you something. So you won't want to miss that interview. That'll start right after this first segment. And I also want to remind you that May 7th is our marriage manual um, conference with Dr. Sandoval, my wife, Mary Danielle Barber, and Terry Barber, me. And it's called Couples Awaken Your Love. And what we're going to be doing is taking Cardinal Seurat's latest book on marriage and helping you have a even greater marriage than you have right now. We're going to take Fulton Sheen's Three to Get Married book. We're going to take Scripture, the Catechism. It's going to be inspirational. I think after that weekend with your wife on that Saturday here at the Sacred Heart Chapel from 9 to Nine to five. We're gonna have mass at five o'clock. You get confessions before mass. I mean, it's just gonna be a great day. You can sign up by going to vmpr.org, or you can call us at eight seven seven five two six two one five one. I uh, the topic of today is gonna to be on suffering. I mean, last time I looked, nobody gets out alive, and most of us really are gonna have some form of suffering in our life during our life and after whether we're in purgatory. But we're going to talk about that, but I want to uh, first take the good news of the gospel. We call it soul food. And this is from today's gospel today, from uh, Mark chapter 7, verse 14 to 23. Jesus summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand, nothing that enters one from the outside can defile that person. But the things that come out from within are what defile. When he got home away from the crowd, his disciples questioned him about this parable. He said to them, Are you, are, are even you likewise without understanding? Our Lord asks. Do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from the outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart, but the stomach, and passes out into the latrine. Thus he declared all foods clean. Can you imagine that to a Jewish community? Ooh. But what comes out of the man is what defiles him. From within the man, from his heart, come evil thoughts, unchastity, Theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance. All of these evil come from within and they defile. The gospel of the word, Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And out, bottom line is what comes out of the man is what it defiles him, not what goes in him. And I, I look at the commentary from the Navarra Bible, and it basically is saying that our Lord tells us that sinful actions come from the human heart, not from what goes in. And he says that, you know, sin, let's just, let's just say that we can understand how this can happen if we realize that after original sin, man was changed for the worse. 
both body and soul was therefore prone to evil. This is right taken right from the Council of Trent. So when you think about it, we had these preternatural gifts before the original sin came in. We didn't even have to study. These are all the effects of sin. And it ties in the gospel today to our topic, and that's human suffering. There was no suffering before the fall. Okay? So think about that. Now, I want to uh, take a minute to bring the smartest guy into the room, Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. And the reason I want to bring him in, because he has a lot to say about suffering. You remember his sayings, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. Um, all kinds of good sayings. Here's one. He says, pain in itself is not unbearable. It is the failure to understand its meaning that is unbearable. Well, I wanted to just bring this up because when Father comes on after the break, Father Kirby, he wrote a whole manual on suffering. But I quoted this in my book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone, because, you know, Our Lady said it, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. So when you're suffering for the salvation of souls, this is where the graces are earned. Because there's no other way to explain somebody's conversion. We just buried a young man just now, um, 41 years old, was on the streets, drugs, and, and you know, we pray, I have his name, and we pray for his soul because nobody knew where he was for 15 years. But God did. So we pray for him. And I want to just give a quote from my manual that is in my book. It says, There is so much suffering in the world which could be transformed into streams of grace. Put your seatbelt on. This is powerful. So if it were accepted and offered in union with the sufferings of our blessed Lord, hospitals could become spiritual atomic power plants in drawing divine graces into the world. Now, if all Catholics would work with this great talent properly, the evil one, the devil, would soon be defeated and the world would be converted and countless poor souls would be released from purgatory. Think about what I just said. Think about the wasted pain in hospitals. I used to go to hospitals when I was a younger man to visit people who were suffering. And you'd see them watching the I Love Lucy reruns, you know, days before they die. Anything to distract them, but not to deal with the salvation of their soul. And to, re, you know, to offer this suffering for the salvation of souls. Father John Harden, S.J., great Jesuit, died in the year 2000. And he was a very holy man. And what struck me is when he was dying, he didn't even want to take medication to relieve his suffering. He wanted to take it all for the salvation of the church and the souls in the church. He knew that the church was being beaten up, being purified. And he said, I want to offer my suffering for the salvation of souls. And I got to think, you know, when he was dying, a friend of mine who was there said he would say, more, more, whatever you want, Lord, I give it all to you. Those were his last breaths of air. And then yesterday, we heard about a saint who they were going to give him the carbolic acid in uh, the Nazi concentration camp. And he just put his hand out. said, go ahead, here's my rosary, I'll pray for you. You see, when we're living in the presence of God, suffering becomes opportunities of grace. I, uh, I think back 
uh, even the little things. I got a biopsy on my skin, so they cut some skin off, and I got infected. And it felt like someone was stabbing me. And I was wondering, what's going on here? Well, my wife took care of it. I'm not a masochist. I'm not going to keep, you know, it can be very serious if you let infection go. But I offered that suffering for the salvation of souls, and I became more efficacious. So every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. So that's what we're going to talk about when we come back from the break with Father Kirby from Our Lady of Grace Parish in South Carolina because he wrote a manual for suffering. If there's one thing the world doesn't understand, even right now with this COVID pandemic, people run from any kind of suffering. Give me some vitamins. Give me some pills to take. I don't want to deal. I want everything to be comfortable. Well, I think I mentioned this. Bishop Strickland on his hour, if you want to watch a good bishop every week on Tuesdays, I interview him. He said, you know, our Lord called the comfortable to be uncomfortable and the uncomfortable to be comfortable. In other words, the gospel message should give us such focus that if we mar- we're martyred, well, so be it, because we're in love with God, and we're just going to take it as God's will. He permitted it, so I am going to offer my life in union with the Jesus Christ to help redeem the world. And this is why human suffering is so powerful when we can offer it up in union with Jesus. So I want to uh, prep you that if you know anybody who is suffering from any ailment, to give them the opportunity to understand redemptive suffering. That's, to me, uh, something that our world has totally forgotten because we live in a world that is, I want to be comforted. I'll give you a quick example. I invited an old friend of mine. He's 80 years old from high school. And say, hey, we're going to go on retreat this weekend. You want to come? Oh, no, I'm going to Vegas to go have a good time. No, I'm not going to condemn him. I'm just saying... Lost opportunity to have a, a silent retreat, to go gamble at Vegas. I don't think that's a good time management for him, for me. So I'm not a fuddy-duddy. I just want. I just know that life is short and eternity is forever. Think about 60, 70, 80 years. It goes by really fast compared to eternity. Are we really wanting some more comfort for the last 10 or 12 years of our life? when we could unite that suffering with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. Now, I'm going to have Father Kirby on right in another minute when we come back, and we're going to talk about his manual for suffering. If the world can understand suffering, I really believe properly, the evil one would be defeated, the world would be converted, and countless poor souls would be released from purgatory. That I believe wholeheartedly, and that's why I want to share this message of redemptive suffering that the Catholic Church has been teaching for 2,000 years. Stay with us, family. When Father Kirby comes back, you're going to want to hear what he has to say about his manual that I hope you'll get. We'll be right back, family, after this quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back indeed. Terry and Jesse show. We like to say we're too blessed to be stressed. We're too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, we'd be billionaires. 
Father Kirby from Our Lady of Grace Parish, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Thank you. It's good to be on the show. Well, it's good to have you in person because I've been watching your videos for quite some time. Oh, and I go, man, this doing some penance. I know. Actually, you know what, Father? It inspires Joe Sixpacks like me, the guys that just want to live the faith. We hear a priest who preaches without any compromise. We're like, we're inspired. So I want to make sure people can continue to watch your YouTube videos because you are definitely great. Father, I want to understand because Jesse had to run off. He, he, he was going to be on the show. He had to go do an interview about an event he's doing out in Phoenix. So I, I do not have your book. I'd love to get your book. So I want to purchase it. I need to know the publisher. But um, I want to understand a little bit of your background. Is this Our Lady of Grace? Is this an Anglican ordinariate parish? Or is this, you know, no. okay. No, no, yeah, no, we're, we're um, regular diocese. Latin right. Mm -hmm. And um, we uh, are actually one of the newest parishes here in the Diocese of, Char of Charleston, actually oh, in the United oh, States. We're, we're only about six years old. Wow. So. Well, very good. And Father, when were you ordained? So I was ordained in 2007. So I've been a priest almost 15 years. Awesome. And just the very fact that you speak with clarity uh, tells me you've been formed really well. So wherever seminary you went to, keep them coming. Keep sending the guys your ways because you, you think very clear. Now, you wrote a book uh, that is a manual for suffering. Suffering, I just mentioned, you know, that Fulton Sheen said, pain in itself is not unbearable. It's the failure to understand its meaning that's unbearable. And so I yes. want to, yeah, so I want to understand what inspired you to write a book on this topic? Because, wow, uh, it's a great topic. Yes, yeah. So, you know, to, to run with uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen's um, points that, you know, the idea that, that suffering somehow is supposed to crush us or it has the last word yeah. or, or darkness is, is you know, definitive. Uh, all that is, is imploded by the passion, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ so that we know that you know, as baptized Christians, we can actually participate in redemptive suffering. And so we can we can share in the very sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, and and when we do that, we know that the Lord's with us. That the the the, the suffering does not have the last word. Uh, that we are united uh, in Christ. That there's a purpose, a value to our suffering. Awesome. And now, this is all making sense. I quoted. Uh, I wrote a book called How to Share Your Faith with Anyone, and there's a chapter when it said that there's so much suffering in the world which could be transformed into streams of grace if it were accepted and offered in union with the sufferings of our Lord, I pointed out that hospitals could become spiritual atomic power plants in drawing divine graces into the world if all Catholics could work with this great talent properly. Well, you know, yeah. your book is probably going to be just that. So what inspired you, uh, you know, and I should say, why is this written in the form of a manual? I know you're inspired you to write this book because there's a need for it. But why in a form of a manual? Is it what was yeah. the point? Yeah, so we, we wanted to make sure that you know people realize that this wasn't just uh, another book or or, mm -hmm. or a prayer book. So you know, sure. you know, understandably, if it was just a book, you just have a regular paperback and 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 so be it. Yeah. But even the design of the book, so it, it's 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 a manual. It has that type of uh, leather. It, it's meant to you know kind of be durable. Yeah. And of course, the name itself, manual. You know, definitely, we want people to understand that. You know, this is something that is meant to be used, used a lot, kind of beaten up a little bit uh, by its use. So something you could throw in the console of your car, or women can throw in their purse or a man can put in their back pocket. It's, it's meant to be uh, durable, to be used, to be in the trenches while we're trying to figure out 
um, all of the different parts of, of the meaning and, and, and the uh, opportunity given to us by redemptive suffering. Awesome. I can't wait. Now, Father, who's the publisher of the book, please? Yep. So it's Tan Books oh, out of Charlotte. Yep. <laughs> My favorite. I, I grew up on Tan Books in the 60s and late 70s I, as a teenager. That, that's uh, that's yes. a great publishing company. Okay. Um, now, Father, if here's a question people have been asking for a lot of years, long before you and I were around. If God is so good and so powerful, why is there evil and suffering in the world? Does that cover any of that? Yes, absolutely. So the whole first part of the manual talks about uh, what we could describe as our theology of suffering. And uh, a quick answer yeah. uh, to, to this question that's sure. developed in, in the manual is basically God allows suffering because he respects our human freedom. Uh, we know that uh, all, all suffering comes from, from sin. So whether the original sin that brings about our fallenness or our actual sins with, with temporal punishment that, that comes with those. But God, so God respects our freedom. He, he is, wants us to take accountability for our sins. And then, of course, we, we know that, you know, in Christ, that evil of suffering can become a good. So as we mentioned, there's that opportunity for redemptive suffering. So God allows the evil so that it can become and be the means to an even greater good. So in these ways, we can see that through the perspective of divine providence that, you know, while suffering is permitted and, and not to minimize the, the real hardship of suffering, but it can lead us even to an even greater good, an infinite good in Jesus Christ. So we use the term God's permissive will in the sense that there's a suffering that takes place. You know, you've got an accident, your hand or whatever. Fulton Sheen used to say, every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. And it seems to me that once we understand this principle of redemptive suffering, uh, it seems that we could really change the world. And I want to ask this. This is not a question I have here, but follow up. And that is, we as lay people in the church, and even priests, I'm sure, you realize the challenges we're faced in our church right now where some of the leadership isn't as clear as it should be. Now, on Thursdays here at our Sacred Heart Chapel, we spend two hours on our knees because it's part of the Pascha. We we pray for priests, bishops, and the Holy Father on our knees, the rosary, stations, meditations, to pray for priests every Thursday because that commemorates the priesthood and the institution of the Holy Eucharist. But we're making expiation. We're praying for the church to come out of this uh, time of uncertainty and making yes. restoration by our prayers and offering that for people like you, the bishops, the Holy Father. And um, it's in a sense, we're, we're, we're making this sacrifice for the good of the church because we know, as Monsignor George Kelly said, where's the church going, where its leaders take them. So yeah. it seems to me that this is an important element for us lay people to be praying for people like you and the hierarchy. Is that a fair statement? Yes, yes. And I'd say to, to any prayer or mm -hmm. sacrifices that are made for priests, I'm, I'm grateful. Okay. Uh, we know that uh, the greatest source of reform in the church is holiness. Amen. Uh, it begins uh, with, the, with the clergy and then should then be followed by the, you know, all the baptized. Uh, you know, in the uh, masterpiece on the, you know, apostle, um, uh, the soul of the apostolate. Oh, uh, what a know, great the, books. Dan, there's the t another exactly, book. Exactly. And Riley points out, if the priest is at 100%, the people are at 80. If he's at 80, the people are at 60. If he's at 60, and so on, it goes on. So the priest, the clergy, the bishops are supposed to be beyond 100% in terms of their witness, their, their following of the Lord Jesus. So I, I think that 
uh, there's truth there. And, and oftentimes, you know, we can forget that suffering is not simply of the body. We always think of that in terms of, you know, we hear suffering, we think of the physical ailments, mm-hmm. you know, but there are spiritual ailments or emotional ailments or, you know, suffering is, is wide ranging. And in fact, in the second part of the book, I try to provide spiritual resources from our traditions, so novenas, litanies, um, prayers to the popular saints that span as best we can, you know, the, all the different parts of human suffering. So I think here you're addressing a, a real spiritual suffering that, yes, like we, we have to accept this. We have to offer this up in Christ. We, we have to allow even the suffering that we are undergoing to become a means of grace and opportunity for renewal through holiness. Wow. Father, there's so many, I, I'm so glad you wrote this manual. Uh, and the reason I say that, I'm convinced that if people really did understand redemptive suffering, that the evil one, the devil, would be defeated. And the world would be count- converted and countless poor souls would be released from purgatory. And the reason I say that, Our Lady of Fatima said this, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for these souls. It seems to me that yes. you're nailing this topic right now. I don't know of another topic that should be a, a top on the list. This is really could this topic of redemptive suffering could renew the entire church. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. I mean, we hear from you know holy ones uh, repeatedly. You you were quoting Venerable Fulton Sheen earlier, yeah. but we could list a whole dozen of other saints, even even in our day, that, yeah. that are within lived memory who had said the greatest suffering, the greatest waste is unredeemed suffering. Wow. To have suffering, to undergo suffering and to do nothing with it. You know, that's a powerful means of grace for ourselves and for the whole church. So to use that, as, as, you're, as you're saying, to use that redemptive suffering uh, can be a powerful means for conversion, for renewal, uh, for opportunities for all, all of us to grow in holiness. It seems to me, Father, that no other explanation can be made when you hear of someone who's away like a son or a daughter whether it's St. Augustine with St. Monica, there's an example, you know, praying for 20 years for their son, and they come back. I, I know you're a Catholic priest where you see this daily. I see it here at our chapel, at our, at our parish here, and it always amazes me that uh, moms and dads, the power of the prayers of a, a weeping mother for their son is just incredible, and I, I always encourage the moms to just keep their rosaries, keep their prayers, their visits to the Blessed Sacrament, their novenas, because um, God will honor these prayers and your son or daughter will come back because of your perseverance and love. So I want to get people to buy your book. So is it the best way to go to Tan Books website and yes. just purchase yes. it there? Okay, good. And and Father, this is a question Jess asked. If he was here, he'd say, Father, does God send suffering to us or allow us to suffer? as a punishment. A lot of people have that question. Yes. And I would say both. And so we know that there is some suffering that is caused uh, by temporal punishment. So yeah. the consequences of our sin. So, you know, if I break someone's confidence and then they seek this desire to no longer be my friend, I, I lose that fellowship. Uh, that that's a temporal punishment, a, a 
a punishment given because of my sin. And in those situations, we shouldn't be crying as if we're victims, but to realize, no, this, this is just, like this, this is appropriate, right? So I think that it can be uh, a temporal punishment, the suffering that we undergo because of, because of our sins. Uh, but oftentimes, God just permits the suffering. So the, the general fallenness of our world. So why do we have tsunamis or earthquakes? Well, we go back to the original sin when you know chaos was introduced both to creation and to our human nature. So sometimes God does permit the suffering. We don't bear responsibility. It's not because of any actual sins that we've committed, but yet we are still uh, in, in, you know, suffering and undergoing uh, you know, uh, these um, inflictions or sufferings themselves. So I, I think that it can be both that. And oftentimes when we have suffering, we can discern and, and say, where, where is this coming from? And, and if it's temporal punishment, then to take accountability. If God has permitted this suffering, it's because he's also given the grace in order for that suffering to become the means of something greater. Well said. When we come back from the break, I'd like you to address this issue, which is how God brings goodness even out of tragedy, out of suffering. And uh, that's something that um, I'd like you to comment on. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Father is here, Father Kirby. He wrote a book called Manual for Suffering. Go to tanbooks.com. Get his book. Because when you understand redemptive suffering, it changes everything. It's a game changer. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. We have... Father Kirby over at Our Lady of Grace Parish in South Carolina, and here we are in Southern California talking about one of the most important topics in the world, suffering. How do we make sense out of it? His manual is a manual for suffering. It's from Tan Books. If you notice, Father, I sell your book. You know why? Because this topic, and I know you from, I've never met you, but from what I've heard, I know without even reading your book, it's going to be loyal to the magisterium of the church. It's going to have a scripture. It's going to have the lives of the saints, all the mm -hmm. stuff the church needs to renew itself right now. Amen. And it's not yes. going to be your personal opinion. Because you know what, Father? I don't <laughs> right? care about your personal opinion. Exactly. <laughs> and it, exactly. It, yeah. Exactly. So here's my question from the break. It seems like people like St. Maximian Colby, we talked about Father uh, Blessed Titus, from the Netherlands yesterday and how he offered his arm getting the, in a concentration camp for uh, Auschwitz. And uh, he gave the lady, the nurse, his rosary and said, I'm going to pray for you. She ended up becoming Catholic 10 years later because of his resist, no, no resistance to offering his life up. His prayers for her, she became a Catholic. It seems to me, and I want to ask you, how does this work? God allows all this suffering, whether it's World War II or tsunamis, how does God bring goodness out of this? Yeah, so we know everything in our life as Christians is, is seen from the light of eternity. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, it's it's heaven that brings order to everything we do. So certainly in, in our life, we, we desire to follow the way of the Lord Jesus. We accept suffering. We offer it up redemptively in Christ. Sometimes we get to see that. So we, we, we see how our suffering uh, was has brought about some goodness in, in a loved one, in our family, in our society. Uh, oftentimes, we, we don't. It, it's an act of faith and the utter assurance of the reality of paradise and the workings of God's grace 
that allows us to make the sacrifice. So you mentioned Maximilian Kolbe, like right. he never saw the results of his sacrifice in this life. Like he, you know, he accepted the, to take a, a, a married man's place, a family man's place. He was willing to sit in the starvation cell. He, he of course, died by lethal injection. Yep. He never saw the, the, the earthly, the worldly uh, conquest, the victory uh, of, of his sacrifice in this life. And, and I'd like to argue that he didn't need to. Like <laughs> Maximilian Kolbe wasn't looking for that. He knew that the cross triumphs. Yeah. He knew that every act of love vanquishes hate, that every act of hope vanquishes despair. I think it's powerful that if you go to Auschwitz in his starvation cell is a Paschal candle placed there by Pope St. John Paul II, showing that the crucified one has become the risen one. So as Christians, we see everything in the light of eternity. We, we hope in heaven. We, we seek, of course, to offer our sacrifices, our sufferings redemptively. We hope to see some of the results of that, but also in faith, we don't need to see that. Like we know that the divine, that the providence of God, his divine providence will always triumph, that goodness will triumph. And of course, ultimately we have that assurance because of the victory of the resurrection. Wow. You know, I, I met the man, St. Maximilian Kolbe, he gave his life up, Guy Onichek, and I asked him that question before he died. It was in the 1990s, because I was at St. Maximilian Kolbe's canonization. I'm a knight of the Immaculata, so it, it fit. And he said, yeah, he said, we knew he was different. I mean, just the way he mm. said, I'm, you know, I'm a Catholic priest, I'll take my... He was like, what? And he said, I, I will never forget that day in my mind. But again, uh, he offered his suffering... I mean, he had the guys singing in the death camp before they died. And they're like, what the heck is going on here? That's right. So this That's is right. powerful. Now, Father, in your book, I'm sure you quote Colossians chapter 1 that says, Now I rejoice in the sufferings for your sake, and in the flesh I complete what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the sake of his body, that is the church of which I became a minister according to the divine office which was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. It goes on. How, how, I mean, Protestants, I, I mean, Dr. Scott Hunt, I asked him when we re originally recorded his conversion story 30-some years ago, and I said, Doctor, I said, Scott, this was before he was done, I said, how did you understand Colossians as a Protestant? And he looked at me and said, we didn't! We couldn't figure out what, <laughs> what the heck was going on here. So can you share a little bit of that exegesis? Yeah, so, yes, I think that, you know, first, it, it's worth just saying, uh, in, in case there's no doubt in anyone's mind, yeah. that the, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Absolutely. was infinitely sufficient, That's infinitely great. satisfactory. Yep. Uh, it, it is perfect in itself. It does not need uh, our help or our contribution in any way. Uh, his, his sacrifice is perfect. And an act of, of sheer goodness, as members of the baptized, members of his very body, the Lord Jesus invites us to be partakers, to, be, to, to share in his own sacrifice by offering our own sacrifices, our sufferings with him, then we make up for what is lacking in the body of Christ, and that's in us. So by offering and participating with the sacrifice of, of the Lord Jesus, I am making up for what is lacking in me and making up for what is lacking in my fellow believers. And again, this is redemptive suffering. I, I love it, Mass, you know, when the faithful respond, uh, may the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and the glory of his name for our good and the good of all his holy church. There's the movement, Amen. the praise and glorification of God, my good, as well as the good of all the, the entire church. Father, sign me up. Tan Books, folks. Go to Tan Books. Get Father Kirby's book, Manual for Suffering. When we understand, again, I, I'm probably like a broken record, but when we understand properly 
human suffering and how every action can become like a blank check for Christ, it makes life worth living in a way that the, the secular world missed so much. I'll never forget, Father, we were able to get a lot of sacred art from the Manresa Retreat House, a Jesuit retreat house closed back in the 90s. And we bought all the sacred art and sent it. Some of it went to Mother Angelica to South America. But there was a 12-foot crucifix that a gentleman had to take off the cross and carry into the truck that was going to Mother Angelica's. And he fell three times carrying that cross. And I was moved by it. And I said to him, wow, how did that feel? And Father, I would love, you, I would love to be able to tell you the man got it. And he went, he said, it's heavy. And he, but he didn't get the idea of Christ. He had no idea of what it was all about. Right. And I felt bad for him. But the point of it is, it's like having lights turned on. And right now, the world's lights are turned off when it comes to human suffering and redemptive suffering. Yes. Uh, Jesse had this question here about redemptive suffering. And I think you've answered it, but what does it mean for the believer? In the practical means, Father, your daily duty, can't that be also a form of suffering as a father, a mother, a boy doing his schoolwork, a girl cleaning the house or whatever? This also can be offered as a form of suffering and redemptive suffering? Absolutely. In fact, it's, it's oftentimes the small things, you know, that can be so uh, annoying and, and difficult that can, you know, kind of, uh, you know, chip away at our, our, our souls, uh, you know, chip away at our virtue. So, you know, whether it's the, the, the gaslight coming on or the person who cuts us off in traffic or the cashier at the grocery store who's being belligerent and, and the list goes on. So being able to just offer up these daily sufferings uh, with Christ and allow him to really accompany us as we go through our day, fulfill our duties, uh, that also can be very much a part of redemptive suffering. So uh, certainly we think of the big um, opportunities for redemptive suffering, you know, cancer or someone suffering from depression or, you know, a, a marriage that is is just you know, in, in, in com completely on the rocks and in great difficulty. But also, as you're pointing out, like, you know, it could be just the, the small things where we just walk with the Lord, like the, the Via Della Rosa, the, the way of the cross doesn't have to be just the big things. It can be those small things, especially when we're tired or we feel stretched or, um, you know, some work has not been acknowledged or whatever it might be when just our spirits are down and yet we still have to deal with all of this stupid, crazy, small things <laughs> of a fallen world. You know, Father, while you were saying that, I pulled my book off, Catholic Wisdom, Father Hardin's book. It has all the fathers. It's a great book. I'm, a, And at the end of it, it has a chapter with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, which I went to his funeral, Father, 42 years ago. That's why I wow. say full sheen ahead here at Virgin Most Powerful. <laughs> I, I've been promoting him through Lighthouse Catholic Media, which I founded, and uh, St. Joseph Communications. And I mean, to me, anything by Bishop Sheen you read or listen to, here's what he said in a similar thing that you just said. He said, every moment comes to you pregnant with a divine purpose, time being so precious that God deals it out only second by second. Once it leaves your hands and your power to do with it as you please, it plunges into eternity to remain forever what you made of it. Father, is that a fair, I mean, your book is talking about a manual for suffering it seems that we've missed a lot of opportunities, many of us, including myself, but not focusing on that whole aspect that God's given us time. And how many of us, like myself, repent of wasted time? I don't know about you, but me. And I think you're, for, I haven't read your book, but from what you're saying, 
Won't this manual of suffering give us a focus that uh, will give us a focus of really understanding how we're living in the presence of God moment by moment? Is that a fair statement? Yes, yes. I I love that expression um, that you just quoted. Uh, Every situation comes to us pregnant with the divine purpose. Uh, That's powerful. (laughs) That is, man. It stokes my fire. Yeah. It's like, was like, wow, let's take that to prayer. (laughs) And and, and you can imagine the person says, well, that's what I want. I I, I want to to, to have that divine purpose. I want to find it. I, I want to fulfill it. I want it to be a part of my life. How do I do that? And, and I think that the manual for suffering can be one help in trying to figure out the practicals of, of what that looks like. You know, that second whole part of the manual, the, the second part is, is just all spiritual resources. Yeah. So to help us to so say, this is how we can do this. These are the resources given to us. The divine helps provided. Father, can you give some of the names, whether it's St. Francis of Assisi, I mean, St. Francis de Sales, who are the saints that are in your book on this topic that you quote? Yes. Yeah, so we try to diversify in terms of all the possible human suffering. So we have people like St. Monica mm. with, with troubled marriages or wayward children. Yep. We have St. Diphna for those who struggle from emotional or, 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 or psychological challenges. You know, we have uh, situations where, uh, and, and holy ones um, of more recent times that can be very much be examples, like you know, several military chaplains who are on the path to, to sainthood in terms of how they addressed uh, their own sufferings. We have St. Gianna. For, for motherhood and for med- awesome. medical doctors and St. Gemma for those who, who struggle with you know, headaches or, uh, you know, things that, uh, you know, or, or social challenges. So we, we tried to just really dive into the tradition and, and draw from as many and, and diverse, you know, personalities or situations as possible. Get I'll the- tell you this. The one thing I did not find tell me. in all, looking at all the saints is not one saint said that, that suffering stinks and we shouldn't do it. <laughs> Get the book. It's not there. I looked for it. I could not find one saint to say that. I hear you. Father Kirby talking about suffering. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse will be back tomorrow. I'm here with Father Kirby from Our Lady of Grace Catholic Church in South Carolina. And I'm loving this because this topic is really close to my heart about suffering and how do we make, how do we offer up our suffering for the good of the church? And Father, uh, for those who don't know about your videos on YouTube, how can people watch your videos? Because I, that's how I first was introduced to you. Oh, so, well, first of all, thank you. Um, so my homilies and Bible studies are on my parish's live stream, which is Grace Lily Productions. Okay. So if you go to YouTube and just type in Grace Lily Productions, you'll find the Sunday homily and then, of course, our Wednesday Bible study and then various other resources that we have that we want to provide as a parish. So I've been humbled by um, many people <laughs> throughout the country who reached out and said they you know, found the homilies encouraging because, you know, as, as we've talked about, I as a Catholic priest, as a believer in Jesus Christ, I simply am in desiring to, to speak the truth, to remind myself of the truth, to call the entire church, including myself and all the baptized to greater holiness. So I'm grateful that it's helping other people. Um, it, 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 in one sense, again, it's, it's, it's humbling and, and I'm grateful, yeah. but in, in one sense, it shows where we are in that this should be status quo or the standard, the norm in our Catholic parishes. Yeah. And so it's sometimes a little distressing when I get emails from people about things that are happening in some of 
the sister parishes um, throughout the country. Yeah. Well, you remind me of, I have a show called the Bishop Strickland Hour that I interview Bishop Strickland once a week. And he's not saying anything. We take the catechism of the Catholic Church. He's a, a bishop who teaches from the catechism. And it's a novelty because people are like, wow, this is what we believe. Yeah, and he even says this. He goes, if you ever want my personal opinion, it means nothing. I want to, I'm, I'm ordained to teach the truth of the Catholic faith, the perennial teachings, the deposit of faith. And, and, and this is what you're doing. And so I appreciate that. A quick question, Father. What saints that are, are influential? I mean, is Fulton Sheen? Is it, um, I mean, what saints really influenced you uh, as a Catholic priest? Who have you really, you know, deeply, uh, really been affected by? I, I'm curious. Yeah, so uh, first, our, our great reformers in our tradition. So I love St. Charles Borromeo, St. Robert Bellarmine. Of course, a more uh, contemporary. Um, my priesthood is, is a part of the JP2 generation. Amen. Pope St. John Paul II, uh, very much. Um, in terms of his priestly witness and his, his writings, um, Pope Benedict XVI, of course, is, is, is also very inspiring. Yeah. And then Maximilian Kolbe. In fact, in my workplace, <laughs> uh, I have a, a, a picture of his starvation cell with wow. the Paschal candle that, that's right there and, and reminding me of, of my vocation to grow in holiness, to, to be an oblation for the gospel, to constantly serve marriage and family life as a priest. So these, these are some of the holy ones that, that I awesome. surround myself with. Well, sign me up. You got a great one. My engineer said, tell them about the suffering. Well, I have been involved by the grace of God in the Catholic apologetics, Catholic evangelization for 42 years. And my dad offered his suffering. He was in a wheelchair. He had dementia, uh, the shrinkage of the brain. And he would sit in the wheelchair while we were replicating cassette tapes in the, in the late, well, in the early, uh, what year would that have been? In the 80s. And he would offer his suffering up for those who were going to listen to Bishop Sheen's recordings. And then I wow. had a, a mother... When we started Lighthouse Catholic Media, she would clam 30,000 uh, CDs before we had the nice color shells and every month. And when she had her brain operation, she was dying of brain cancer. Even two weeks before she died, I videotaped her clamming videos. Like in three minutes, she would take three minutes to clam the video. And she would offer that suffering for the souls who are going to listen to these Catholic recordings. So I had both of my parents... Uh, show me what redemptive suffering is all about. Amen. And I I just go, wow, Dad, Mom, thank you for your example, because they didn't just talk it. They showed me how it works. Yes. <laughs> so yes. thanks be to God, Amen. Richard, for that comment. Father, in today's world, the pandemic, the politics, the riots, the violence are at the forefront of daily life. Suffering of every type. You know, we got the mental physical, emotional, you talked about spiritual, has invaded our culture, our society, and many of our lives. How can this manual be of help to us living in these turbulent times where people are just running scared? Yes, yes. So you can imagine everything you've just described and, yeah. and just imagine the, the person who's you know in the trenches of life trying to figure it out, uh, mm. how, how to preserve faith, how to nourish hope, yeah. how to exercise charity yeah. in an age that, you know, tells us they, they can't remember what marriage actually is or how many genders <laughs> there are. So we live in peculiar times. And I think that you can imagine you're in the trenches and, and you need that field manual. Yes. Trying to figure it out, like, you know, how, how to speak the truth in love, like how to fight the good fight in, in, in the spirit of Christ. 
And I think this manual for something is it's going to be a resource to that person. It, it will guide them through the theology with, with you know, right doctrine, uh, with, with a developed explanation within our theological tradition of that doctrine, and then provide the spiritual resources on how to do it. So if the person's in the throes of life and they feel overwhelmed, they're not sure what to do uh, because of personal suffering, bodily suffering, spiritual suffering, relational suffering, whatever it might be, all the above, yeah. uh, this manual can help. But Father, I meet a lot of people who have had grown up in dysfunctional families. Yes. And I encourage them to take St. Joseph as their spiritual father because they didn't have a father at home. And I'm wondering if your manual, especially for people who just never had example in their life, they just don't have trust uh, with anything because they've been so wounded. Is this book also helpful for them? Yes, absolutely. And we can imagine... Um, regrettably, people who maybe didn't have the witnesses uh, that, that you described in your parents or, yeah. or that I have had in my parents mm-hmm. and that hopefully many Christian homes have had, but the people who didn't have those witnesses. And, and sometimes this theology can just sound so removed or so abstract yeah. or just so almost uh, poetic and, and removed from, quote, real life. You know, uh, I, I think this manual can help to, to begin to uh, make these, these teachings more digestible, understandable, to, to kind of provide that invitation and the encouragement that you can do this, especially to, to the person who's come from this function or, or hasn't seen that witness of redemptive suffering, that this manual can certainly help. Father, um, there's a book by Cardinal Robert Serra from Ignatius Press called Couples Awaken Your Love. And I don't have the quote in front of me, but uh, there's a quote there that he talks about uh, praying for your spouse in redemptive suffering also. seems to me, I don't, I mean, it seems to me that I'm married for 30 some years. You know, I pray for my wife every morning and she prays for me and we pray together. And, you know, I ask her for forgiveness daily, you know, because I'm a knucklehead. My question to you is for married couples, would this book also help them in their relationship with their spouses? Yes, absolutely. And all the situations you've just described, you know, in in the accidental or purposeful betrayals, in the hurt feelings, in the dismissiveness, in all the things that that are part of life in a fallen world, that are part of a marriage in a fallen world. And then add to that in terms of, you know, differences in terms of parenting styles or, or, or thoughts and how things should be done. Uh, add, add to that the sufferings that children can oftentimes bring to their parents and the yeah. parents are trying to figure out how to, how to handle this. I think this manual could definitely be a help in, in all of those situations. Just by taking the baptized Christian, that, that believer in Christ, and walking them through what it means to really accompany the Lord in his suffering and, and to allow our sufferings to be taken by him, we carry those our sufferings with him in order to receive his grace. And, and, and to be able to say, you know, th- this is... This is terrible. I, I, I hate what, what's happening. I, I can't believe this is, this is going on right now. But I know that all of this does not have the last word. I know that all of this actually will serve a higher purpose. So I, I don't want the believer to rob themselves, for believers to rob themselves of the comfort that we can receive in this context from faith or the purpose that's given to us by our faith in these different situations. Wow. Father, I'm inspired with hope with your book, just from listening to you. And we're living in a world that needs hope desperately and also freedom. Uh, And I think that if people go to tanbooks.com, get your book. It's called A Manual for Suffering. 
they're going to really benefit greatly. I know I will. I, I'm going to pick one up. And the the final thought, Father, w- when we're on our show, Terry and Jesse, we always say, you know, what state should we be living in? And it's not South North Carolina or South Carolina. It's not California. It's the state of grace. Amen. And so, and then we say, what can we do to stay in the state of grace? Well, I'm sure your book talks about the benefit of staying close to Jesus and the sacraments, especially yes. the you know confession and the Holy Eucharist. Final thoughts: Is there a, is there any section in there on suffering in, se- in a sense of of focusing with the saints to be living a holy life? Is that this holy life of giving your life to Christ? Is that in there also? It is. It is, and and to stay close to the Lord in the sacraments, to make sure you receive worthily yeah. a holy communion, to go to confession regularly for for those for whom it applies to to receive the anointing of the sick, yeah, uh, the sacraments of healing, confession, awesome. anointing of the sick, like they're becoming endangered species in the church. Unfortunately, I think we have to fight against that, reclaim that, because those are powerful means of sanctifying grace. Amen. So, Father, one more thing I want to encourage people to do, because you're a priest who's on fire for the Lord. I love talking to priests like you, and please write more books on the faith, because we need inspiration in our lives. And the final thought that I have, again, for people who want to watch your videos on YouTube, could you give us one more, how how do they look that up on YouTube? Yep, if they just go to YouTube, they can do a search for Grace Lily Productions. Grace Lily, okay. Mm-hmm. Or they can even just do a Google search on Grace Lily Productions, and the YouTube page will, will come right up. Awesome. If, if I can also announce, if anyone's interested, uh, through, through Catholic Company, uh, I have a Lenten reflection series that's available. So awesome. Lent, of course, is approaching on March 2nd. So yeah. every day they can have a reflection sent to them of, of just a you know three, five-minute a reflection for the day. So it's through Catholic company. It's called a Holy Lent. A so Holy uh, Lent. I would like to recommend that program. Well, anything we can promote, Father, promote it on Virgin Most Powerful because one of the things our charism is is to promote good Orthodox organizations, publishing houses, because we need that. Because I'm going to be quite frank, and I know this is not politically correct, but there's a lot of Catholic books out there that don't support the perennial teachings of the church, and you need to stay away from them. Go to Tan Books. You'll never find a book there that doesn't teach the Catholic faith. Ignatius nice. Press, uh, the uh, Augustine Institute. These are all the good guys we promote. Why? We don't get anything out of it except knowing that souls are going to go to heaven by living holy lives when they read a good book. St. Alphonsus Liguori said, Only God knows how much good can come from one holy book. And the book I want you to get today is A Manual for Suffering. And you can go to Tan Books to get that. And Father Kirby's the author, so please do that, tanbooks.com. Father Kirby, we got to do it again, and one day I'm going to meet you in person. If not, let's all pray that we get to heaven together, and we'll talk about all kinds of good things. May God richly bless you. How about your priestly priestly blessing, Father? Yes, may the Lord Lord bless you and keep you. May let his face shine upon you. May, May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Up next, No Nonsense Catholicism with Matt Arnold. You won't want to miss it. You can't get it on your station. Get our free app by going to vmpr.org. God love you and your family.